All right. Hi, everybody. It's RCFB Talk 117. My name is Bob Ekairi. It's Tuesday night. We love hearing from you and talking about what's going on in college football. I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, J.D. Moore, who's going to be here in a moment. Obviously, the tragic major, major news is the passing of Mike Leach. And I know all of us here at RCFB are extremely sad to hear it. It was completely unexpected. He was one of the most influential and most interesting people. And interesting, I think, is what describes him equally, as well as being obviously someone who helped develop the spread offense system and air raid and all of that and popularized it. So as we get ready, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, J.D. If you'd like to join us and be part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. You can go ahead and hit request. You know, we actually, one thing I just wanted to mention, one of the positive memories we really have, we have a lot of positive memories of Mike Leach, is he did a pair of AMAs, gosh, ages ago, where they he came to RCFB and he answered questions in a Q&A format. Ten years ago and eight years ago, he joined us, and that was two of the most interesting AMAs we'd ever hosted. Both of the times he was with Washington State, and he absolutely answered every question thrown at him. In fact, my favorite story about Mike Leach in the two times he came on and did an AMA was that the first time you know he came, he did exactly what you expect. He answered a lot of interesting questions, a lot of interesting takes. He talked about the fact that he had just co-edited a book called Sports for Dorks. He was talking about, you know, obviously he had written Swing Your Sword. There was a lot going on there. Then a few years later, there were some groups, and I don't blame them. Some folks were like, you know, that was a neat AMA a few years ago, but he he wasn't really talking about football. He's one of the geniuses in especially on offense. So let's get together and develop some interesting questions to ask Mike Leach. So this group of uh, members of our community sat together. They created a separate conversation thread and came up with some really well thought out in-depth questions that weren't too complicated so that, you know, someone can easily answer in a reply. Started populating the post with these questions from Mike Leach. And this is what I love. Mike Leach, honestly, he's just a guy who likes to, he'd just like to have fun in these moments. He actually skipped over all of these strategy questions and went right to the stuff that you kind of enjoy hearing from him and just moments where he could kind of talk about the tradition and the culture. I still remember, um, you know, talking about how waving the flag was such one of those great traditions at Wazoo, asking about, you know, how does he recruit? He said, the one thing I will never do to recruit is lie to them. I'll be straightforward. They've got to be able to enjoy. If they come play for me, they've got to be able to, to get that, uh, that experience. And obviously, playing for Mike Leach is a unique experience. His coaching tree, we all know how spread it is all across America, across the college football, NFL. Many of his disciples are out there. But again, I want to welcome you to hit request if there's any topic you'd like to talk about. There's a lot going on beyond that. And I, I know that's the big story of the day, but we'd still love to just talk about anything in college football. I mean, we've got bowls coming up. Let's not forget that. There's a lot of interesting ones. Just yesterday, we had a good conversation with the executive director of the L.A. Bowl, which is one of those coming up, a.k.a. the Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> L.A. Bowl. It was, you know, it was interesting, too, because he was also the manager the managing director of SoFi Stadium and the Hollywood Park Development, which is, of course, hosting the national championship this next month as well. So it was kind of an interesting, wide-ranging conversation about the logistics going into it. In my own life, gosh, 22 years ago, I had done a major event at an arena. So I know it's interesting to do these kinds of large-scale events, anything like, you know, in their case, they just hosted the Super Bowl so that, I think, helps them a bit as they're getting ready to host the College Football National Championship. And then they're already having the, the – I loved hearing that. They're already having a lot of meetings getting ready for 2028 when they host the Olympics. J.D., I know you've finally been able to make it up. What's up? Yes, yes. Thank you for the patience. Uh, you know, it is a really sad day in college football, you know, losing an incredible voice to college football – concept artist in college football in losing Mike Leach today. Our thoughts are certainly with his family, with Mississippi State, uh, with the fans of the Bulldogs, and everybody who has ever enjoyed an air raid offense or any of the concepts that have come out of that. Uh, I'm going to make my one giant stance of, you know, any college football Hall of Fame 
that does not recognize Mike Leach as being one of the most influential coaches in the game is not a Hall of Fame at all. Uh, and the fact that, you know, they're going to have this, uh, I think it's a 600 uh, percent winning uh, percentage in order for them to recognize a head coach in the Hall of Fame. If there's ever to be an exception, it needs to be Mike Leach. I'm very excited for this upcoming bowl season. I'm very excited for the football that is going to be played for the remainder of this postseason. Uh, but my heart is heavy today. Uh, we've lost a titan in college football, and not just in college football, but football at large. So my thoughts, again, they are with the leeches. They are with the Mississippi State fans. And I'm. it's a hard day today. It's a hard day today, but there's plenty of football to be played, and I'm excited to talk about that. Absolutely. And Zach, you were the first person we'd love to talk to you. What's going on? Hey guys, um, big fan of the subreddit. Um, average lurker, you know, sometimes comment every now and then. Um, I just got back. I'm a current Mississippi State student. I'm still on campus um, during the break. And I just got back from the uh, memorial they had set up on the um, right outside the gate to the football stadium. They got his name and um, year of his birth and death um, on the big screen. And like they got this, this table out there with the flowers and, you know, various. Um, Halloween candies from his for his interviews that he he. You muted on us for a second there. I think there was a bit of a. a so you saying I'm sorry. Did you say they had Halloween candy? Yeah, they had Halloween candy out there for like some you know various interviews. He said his favorite Halloween candies that like they got like got some like gummy bears out there, some um some nerds and things like that, like flowers just set up. It, it was very well thought out. There were people just like stopping and um you know dropping things down um. You know, it, it was really touching to see like the just the the atmosphere in that just area was just really heavy and just somber. I I I I, I was the um I was in the maroon band this year also, and um I got the chance to hear him speak um at our band camp. You know, he he took thirty minutes to to, to an hour out of his day, you know, practicing hard work with his team to come up talk to us, and. Um, he, he didn't have to do that. You know, m most, most college football, you know, coaches don't go out and talk to the band, but, but he did. Um, and, uh, he, he was talking to us about how he enjoyed watching us practice and how we were, you know, working just as hard, if not harder than, you know, his football players out there, you know? Um, and one, one of the stories he told someone asked him a question about, you know, his pregame ritual. And, um, he, he just says, you know, he doesn't really do many superstitious stuff, but um, one thing he won't do is, you know, try out a new belt. So, like, they'll, they'll give uh, all the coaches and, and, and staff, you know, new clothes or whatever, like merchandise, and sometimes they'll include belts, but he would never want to put on a new belt because he didn't want to, like, break it in. Um, so he, he would just keep the same belt, and once that belt, you know, runs out or, or like, wears out, he just buys a new one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, it, it was a fun time to hear him hear him talk and um, – go on about various things. Absolutely. That's, um, and could you tell us more about that memorial service you went to? I mean, the, the, I love the fact that they honored the things he likes with things like gummy bears and the candies he enjoyed, but what else happened? I mean, what, I, it's interesting to hear it from someone like yourself who's been there and on the ground. Yeah. So it wasn't really much of a service. They just have like these tables set out outside of the gate. Um, with like these black ribbons attached to the gate and um, people are, you know, dropping flowers and things like that, you know, writing notes. Like I, I remember someone, there was, there was a note on a ribbon that said all dogs go to heaven. It was spelled D-A-W-G-S. Um, and, and, you know, throughout his career at, you know, Washington State and Texas Tech and here, here in Starkville, he, you know, listed various Halloween candies Um like the gummy bears and the uh, and the nerds, and so they were they were full giant bags of of the candies that people had just like placed on the tables as like sort of like a, a tribute to him, um, and it, it was it was such a nice thing to see that there were cars driving by, you know, and then parking, putting their emergency lights on, walking over, you know, placing their their items down and like ha having a moment um, to honor the life of the coach. Um, it's, it's just this, this whole community is just saddened, but also, you know, we appreciate the support from across the country um, for for just the, the, the way this this coach just um, embodied this university and like the way we operate as a community. Absolutely. And it sounds that sounds like a very a good way to honor his life and at the same time move forward.
as you know, all of our hearts go out to everyone at Mississippi State as well as all of the teams that he touched. And I know there are a lot of big fans everywhere, Wazoo, Texas Tech, and you know, as we all know, he's been in many other places. Some of the stories about being at Valdosta State, Iowa Wesleyan, Cal Poly, even coached in Finland that one year. I always found it interesting that he, he got his JD. He went to Pepperdine for law school after undergrad at BYU and then just never practiced. He got a degree from the U.S. Sports Academy and jumped right in to coaching, and it worked. So, <laughs> oh, man, that's living the dream right there for a lot of people who made the mistake of going to law school. <clears throat> Myself, maybe included. So, But, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Really, We really appreciated hearing from you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Jackson, you've been patient. What's up? What's up, guys? So, first off, like, this whole Mike Leach situation is horrible. And I want to preface this as a joke, by the way, before I say it. And this is not about Mike Leach. Um, how much money are you paid, Reddit, to, uh, like, promote Kansas football? Because as a Missouri fan, it's tough. We get dogged on this app. Like, what is the infatuation with Kansas? Because... Us Missouri fans, we have to go through enough, okay? I've watched Michael Porter Jr. get injured in two minutes in basketball. I've watched our football program in shambles ever since the age of five. I'm depressed. Please just tell me. <laughs> you know, it, it, first of all, we sympathize. And I think, gosh, I mean, Kansas has been the Cinderella story of this year, so it's kind of hard not to see a little bit of fun with that particular story. And we... You know, we actually were kind of rooting for Mizzou because we had a lot of good Mizzou fans join us, especially in the offseason. We were all curious to see how Drink was going to do. And, you know, that season was kind of uneven. There were moments we were like, you know, you remember what it was like. So many of those close moments. And we enjoyed Mizzou fans. I mean, one of my favorite, there's this guy, and I don't know if you've seen the work he does, but he does the Southern End Zone Ski Ball Challenge, where I guess, for those who are unfamiliar... The, the, they did this nice southern end zone development at the stadium at Mizzou for Field, And it doesn't have a net, so the ball just goes wherever. And it kind of, when you look at it long enough, resembles skee-ball, where there's places the, the football could go. And this dude, he goes to every home game, and he tracks where the ball lands, and he assigns points. And it's just like what you'd expect with skee-ball. Like, the hard-to-hit, you know, left and right bottom corners are worth like a lot of points. And then the higher up ones are the traditional kind of scaling points. And we've been, I've loved that for year after year. And this year we've been trying to, this year I decided to finally get that thing out there on the Twitter because it was on the Twitter guy sound old, but it was, (laughs) it was something that we, but you know, that said, that said, I acknowledge there are a number of us who co-run this Twitter account. And one of them is a Kansas fan, but Uh Hey, oh, you know, at the same time, we know exactly how to cut ourselves because I'm also a USC fan. So when we both go both ways on the Trojans yeah. and with the with the Kansas, we have absolutely stabbed them in the heart when Les Miles was there a couple of times. I mean, so it's cyclical. I promise. No, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Eli Drinkwitz. I'm, I'm not going to get into how I feel about him personally. I will say he doesn't do himself a lot of favors all the time especially with some of the things he does, like showing up at the Kansas basketball game with a sign. I I thought that was hilarious. hilarious. I genuinely thought thought that was hilarious. But a lot of people overreacted to it. They're like, oh, my gosh, look at this. Like, what? Oh, no, we're not. I've got to say, I don't if we feel that if we've ever made it sound that way, we're not. That's definitely. No, 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 no. We love silliness. That's what we if, if there's silliness in the sport, we love it. I mean, I still remember the like my favorite Jayhawk thing that we ever we ever we were one of the people that spread the fact that Coastal Carolina was beating up a Jayhawk pinata each time they were beating them. So um, that was one of our <laughs> that was so one of our. You want to know something funny? I'll, I'll leave it off on one thing. So I don't know if you watch college basketball much, but I will say uh, I went to the Border War game at Mizzou, and I'll say this: that was the most hype I've seen Mizzou Arena in ten years. And we ended up hanging a Jayhawk, a stuffed Jayhawk on a lamppost. It was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. But I will say that after the game, it felt like I had just been kicked in the balls 20 times. Because usually I wake up every morning and I ask God why he hates me because he made me choose Mizzou fandom. But yeah, that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. That's what, but hey, that's what makes college rivalry so fun. I still remember they ended it, but USC used to do something similar with uh, uh, Bruin, Giant Stuff Bruin. 
But thanks for joining us. It was good hearing from you, man. And thanks for keeping us in check, too. Yeah, of course. Thanks for for letting me talk. Yes, absolutely. We always appreciate you coming on, uh, you know, whether it's Kansas, Mizzou, or anywhere else in the country. We always appreciate hearing from all callers from across the country. And, you know, uh, I see we do have a special guest who's coming up, uh, Ross Dellinger from SI. He's from Sports Illustrated. Uh, We've had him on the show before. And Ross, really appreciate you coming on board. Uh, You know, obviously today, sad day in college football with Mike Leach. Uh, you know, finally leaving this plane. But as a man who has had dinner with this man, who has covered Mike Leach for so long, I would love to hear you regale a tale or two of the Pirate uh, in the way that you knew him best. Yeah, um, good to be on with you guys. That's been a long kind of sad two or three days. Um, But at the same time, I think the uh, outpouring of uh, stories – uh, that you hear about Mike Leach and his life and career um, kind of bring a, bring a smile to your face and um, make you chuckle. And, and so there's a little bit of, of light uh, during a dark time, but I, yeah, I'll go back to that the dinner that my wife and I had with Leach and his wife. Uh, it happened in December, 2020. So right at two years ago, uh, my wife is a political reporter. She, at the time, she actually was a White House correspondent, and Mike Leach uh, knew that. Um, I had met him, you know, a year or two before, and he knew that she was a political reporter and had been interested in meeting her because he is big, as we all know, in politics and very interested in it. So he was very interested in meeting her. So when we drove through Starkville on the way to the Gulf Coast, which is where I'm from for Christmas, I texted Mike and. You know, a few hours later, we were there. We were in Harvey's restaurant in Starkville across from him and his wife. And um, we spent the next eight hours with them. Um, There's no short conversation uh, with Mike Leach. And this one basically lasted for eight hours. Uh, We had dinner. We had quite a bit to drink. uh, And then we went back to him and his wife's place. and, and talked more and, and drank more. And it was, it was a great night. There were some little anecdotes about, about that night that I recall. Uh, one of them is, uh, you know, Mike, again, uh, pretty big drinker. And uh, he was probably five or six crown and waters in. And uh, the server came by to ask if he needed another one. And he said, honey, bring me two. So I'll save you the trip. So the next time she brought him two crowned waters. Uh, and then at one point in a few, few people know this, but Mike Leach is Mormon was raised Mormon, went to BYU was out uh, from, from Wyoming. And my wife learned this um, during the dinner and was pretty shocked by it. Uh, as Mike Leach uh, doesn't necessarily abide by a whole lot of uh, what you might call, you know, Mormon, uh, policies i guess and uh, learning this she had her you know her shocked face on as mike told her that he was mormon and uh he said something like oh you're surprised and she said yes you're mormon and he took both of his cocktail drinks raised them up high and said hey i never said i was perfect so he uh it was a fun night um and mike mike really was um just you know, I, I, a great uh, guy to, to get to know um, for the last few years and, and talk to um, the most unique coach. And I, I say this a lot, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking about him now, but people ask me and uh, uh, a lot about, you know, you know, because I spend a lot of time around coaches and who's who's your favorite coach. I get asked a lot or who's the most interesting, you know, who are the greatest storytellers, blah, blah, blah. And there's always two that I mention. It's always Mike Leach and Dana Hogerson because they are so different from any other coaches. And coincidentally enough, they're very good friends in from the same air raid tree. Uh, and so there's just there's no one quite like Mike Leach. I talked to Pat Chun, the Washington State AD today for a, a, a series of stories about Mike off the field that will hopefully published tomorrow, kind of like vignettes on little stories from people talking about Mike and, you know, Pat Chen kind of said it best. Um, there would never be another Mike Leach. And uh, 
There will not. Never met anybody like him. Probably never will. Absolutely. I mean, again, for a guy who had never played a down of college football, uh, who got a law degree and was a man who almost always found a way to, I don't know if you would describe it as win every press conference, but make sure that every press conference was interesting. To know a man of that much character and of that much intrigue, we're never going to see anything like that again in college football. Every time that man spoke, it was always a fresh breath of air. It was always a tangent that you never knew where he was going to go to. And of course, the football teams that he coached were absolutely insanely fun. I mean, one of the favorite stats that I've seen today was the fact of, I think it was seven different times, Mike Leach coached a quarterback who threw for 600 yards in a game. And the fact that it was done seven different times with seven different quarterbacks. I mean, that's just an absurd stat that I don't think we're ever going to see in college football again. I mean, when you look at the entire pantheon of Mike Leach's career, what's the most impressive thing that you look back on the field and go, I can't believe he pulled that off? Well, you know, I don't know if it's anything specific on the field as much as you look at his record and where he's been. Uh, he's He's been a head coach for 21 seasons, um, 13 of the 21 seasons. He won eight games. His teams have won eight games or more. Uh, and he's done it at three places that historically, you know, um, don't have a lot of football success and rich history and all this stuff. And they're not blue bloods. You know, they're in remote, remote locations, Lubbock, Texas, Pullman, Washington, Starkville, Mississippi. And he still succeeded. Um, and he never really wavered or changed. You know, Dana Hogerson told me one time um, uh, that, that uh, Mike Leach was the last person out there, the last coach out there running the true air raid. Everybody else had abandoned it or had changed it or tweaked it. He never really did. He ran the same thing. Um, you know, he only had like a handful of plays, like eight to ten plays or so that he ran in different formations and a little bit diff- tweaked here and there. But he he was the last one, uh, you know, to kind of run the true air raid. There is a stat that my colleague Pat Forty found. And I think it's pretty interesting. A uh, Mike Leach coach team has led the nation in pass attempts for 11 straight seasons, uh, counting this year. Um, so again, he never changed, right? Uh, he, he always said that um, running the ball uh, in, cl- in uh, time of possession were the most, uh, time of possession was the most overrated statistic in sports. Uh, and he just, he stuck to it. And lo and behold, nobody really figured him out that much. I mean, this year they, you know, he goes eight and four. So um, it's, it really is truly incredible over such a long period uh, using basically the same system that he was able to have so much success. No question. I mean, again, when you talk about the plays that he would keep in his playbook, I think one of my favorite interviews I ever did was after that Alamo Bowl uh, when Washington State played Iowa State, ended up winning. Uh, I think that score was something like 27-24. But when you started to talk to Gardner Mishu, he was talking about, you know, they had to burn something like five minutes off the clock in the fourth quarter. And he's just drawing up play after play after play that's a passing play to try to burn up clock and only <laughs> mike leach only mike leach would be a uh, offensive genius who would be able to pull that off in a way that you know you're going to try to kill clock by just throwing screens by throwing little three and outs you know just not even looking at the opportunity of give the ball straight back to your running back i mean there were stories of his previous quarterbacks like luke falk being told to go out and start with like, you know, ace back as his play and then have to go up to the line of scrimmage and call an audible. And then you'd even have situations where if you were going to take a knee in a Mike Leach offense, you were taking that out of the shotgun. If you were going to mm. do any type of play, like even like a quarterback sneak, like you were very rarely doing anything that was directly behind center because that's the way that Mike Leach operated. And I think, again, just – To your original point, we're never going to see that type of ingenuity 
again in college football to revolutionize not just modern college football, but concepts that we now see in high school, concepts that we now see in the NFL. Uh, I think there's no way to really truly emphasize how important Mike Leach was to the game of football. No, there's there's not. I see I see um, that Ralph Russo is on the call. I think before the season, uh, Ralph with the AP, he did a, a story on how the air raid still lingers in, in every little facet of football down to high school level. You know, and I think he talked to Mike Leach uh, about it and, and how mummy and everything. And it is, it's, it's, uh, he, you know, I, I uh, am more interested a lot in, in Mike's off the field and how he was uh, in, in tomorrow. I have these little stories about him off the field, but on the field um, he, he was arguably the most, impactful coach to uh, college football offense or maybe offense in general in the last 30 years, 25 to 30 years. So um, pretty incredible. But thanks for giving the platform, guys. Good, good to talk to you. Absolutely, Ross. We always enjoy hearing from you. So let's see here. You know, David, you've been really patient. Going to let you up real quick. And again, if you'd like to join us here, uh, we always love hearing from you in the audience. Just hit request and we'll make sure to, to get you up here. David, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, you know, first off, I just uh, want to just, you know, offer um, my condolences to the Mississippi State fans um, in this uh, chat and also to Mississippi State fans everywhere. Um, you know, college football got a little worse now that Mike Leach isn't in it anymore. And I don't have a lot to say, um, but I will say that if there's any one word that you could use to describe Coach Leach, it's real. I mean, the man never hid who he was. He was always genuine. And what you saw out of Mike Leach was, was what you got. And when I think of there's, there are some coaches out there where I would want to uh, drink a beer, smoke a cigar with, and Mike Leach is definitely one of those coaches. Matter of fact, he's easily he's got to be number one for me just because of how how he made life so interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no kidding on that. I mean, just to hear the man speak on so many different subjects. I mean, this is a guy where, you know, there are so many anecdotes of <laughs> – sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of that story of, you know, he goes out and he's just trying to walk back from practice when he's at Oklahoma. And some guy says, hey, I'll give you a ride uh, if you want. And he goes, absolutely, I'm not going to walk this one mile that I have to go. And he ends up having an hour and a half conversation just about anything that Mike Leach wants to talk about, whether it's pirates or history or warfare. And then 25 years later, his son uh, is now wanting to talk to Mike Leach for a different story. And, you know, Mike Leach is the one who brings up, and by the way, thank your dad for that ride. And he goes on the same tangent that he did way back when. I mean, this was one of the greatest characters in college football history. And his ability to just be able to go off script for so long and into such a deep subject, whatever that subject would be, I think that's one of the incredible arts that we're never going to see from somebody else like could you imagine for example like a kirby smart coming out and just being able to talk about you know hamilton uh the conqueror or anything else from like the ancient greeks or the ancient romans or any kind of warfare from around the world in any history just at any random press conference and go on for an hour and be able to captivate everybody that's listening i mean that's something that we're never going to see uh, from any other coach in college football history. And we've lost a national treasure today because of that. Absolutely. And just one last point I want to add. Um, out of all of Mike Leach's rants, my favorite one by far is if you go to uh, YouTube and you search the uh, the Washington State Cougar Athletics official YouTube channel, and uh, they, have, they have a video titled Mike Leach on Weddings, Hands down, my favorite Mike Leach rant ever. Like, I, I die laugh. Sorry, that was in bad taste. But I laugh every time I hear it. 
And yeah, he absolutely had a way with words. And listening to his thoughts unvarnished in the best possible way was what made him an absolute delight. So we'll have to check that one out again. Thanks so much, David. It was great hearing from you. Thank you. Hey, Nick, you've been patient. What's up? Hi there. Um, yeah, I, I got a Mike Leach story to share. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to be a student at uh, Washington State University during his coaching tenure there. And uh, one morning on my way to classes, uh, I normally took the stairs, but that day I was just super tired and I decided to take the elevator and uh, push the button and uh, the elevator doors opened and there was one man standing in the elevator and that was Coach Leach. And uh, I, uh, I was starstruck. Uh, I had hundreds of questions, a uh, big football fan that I would have wanted to ask him, but uh, I couldn't muster up the courage to break the silence. And uh, Coach Leach looked over at me and he's like, hey, uh, you like breakfast? You look like you like breakfast. And I was like, yeah, Coach, I like breakfast. He proceeded to then give me the perfect omelet that he makes for himself every morning. Um, and gave me the list of ingredients on what he puts in his omelets and what he doesn't like in there. And uh, as soon as he was done sharing his omelet, uh, the elevator doors opened and uh, he took a few steps out, uh, turned around and said, swing your sword, kid. And I said, thanks, coach, I will. And uh, that 20 seconds or, you know, half of a minute that he shared with me just kind of embodies the kind of person he was. He didn't have to reach out or, you know, share anything. He could have just sat inside or stood in silence while he took his elevator ride to work that morning, but he decided to, to be kind and uh, to share that with me. And uh, I'll never forget him. All right, Nick, I love that anecdote, but I also need to know, you can't tell us that Mike Leach gave you his daily omelet recipe and not share it with the rest of the class. What did Mike Leach Love in his omelet. He told me uh, the the recipe for a perfect omelet: uh, two eggs, um, uh, diced green pepper, uh, onions, uh, uh, some uh, diced ham, and uh, he said he, he made it a point to say no mushrooms. Mushrooms will ruin the omelet if you put them in there, so don't put mushrooms in there. Um, but uh, and then obviously some cheddar cheese, and uh, that that's uh, that was coach's. Uh, Perfect omelet right there. Absolutely outstanding. Absolutely. Well, Nick, thank you for joining us. And let's see here. Hob, I know you tried to join earlier and, and it kicked you off, but we're going to get you back on. No problem. You know, before before we get to it, I have to say one other, one of my favorite sort of stories kind of cross crossing with Mike Leach. Because, again, he'd done a couple of AMAs on RCFB back when he was at Wazoo. And he taught that class insurgent warfare and football strategy. And during class, one of the theories he put out there was be prepared to, and I'm actually reading one of the tweets from this class, and I'll, I'll share it in the, in, the, um, in the replies, but be sure, be prepared to discuss whether Reddit CFB message boards could be utilized as a medium for deception operations, which we were flattered to think that we could be used for a PSYOP operation. But uh, <laughs> that was that, that that's exactly that's a, that's just Mike Leach for you. We love it. But um, I'll, I'll drop the just as proof. I'll drop that in the replies. Let me see here. Oh, it looks like Hob got dropped again. Sometimes that happens. We'll get to you again, Hob. We promise. Let's see here. Gosh, Ralph, if you want to join us, I sent you an invite. And I also sent an invite to Shaw. Shaw, what's up? Hey, uh, yeah, I uh, back in like. 2018 it was kind of a uh yeah you know, state uh, i'm a state football guy uh state started kind of like under joe moorhead we could see kind of the wheels start to fall off and it just sort of happened where a group of my friends and i like all at the same time like started watching washington state following them like seeing how much fun everyone was having in pullman which is like the west coast version of starkville you know, even down to like selling cheese and, you know, the dogs and all that. Um, we all started following Washington State kind of sarcastically, but then like got really into it and especially helped, you know, with Gardner Minshew, who's like a Mississippian at quarterback. Uh, and, and so like when he like came to Starkville, it was like surreal. It was kind of crazy to like have this whole world merge. 
And uh, I guess just like if I could say anything about him, that's just always fascinated me is that he's never bored. He's never once not had something stewing in his brain and not wanted you to be a part of it. You know, he will always invite you into his world and, and share like what his inner thoughts are. And, and it's always something really, I don't know, it's really unique. And um, he always knew how to fill those spaces. And so hopefully, I don't know, that's just something going forward that I think, you know, we could all like strive to be more like. Absolutely. We really appreciate that, Sean. Thank you so much for, uh, sorry, Shaw. Sorry, Shaw. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Well, I see we have another special guest, our friend Ralph Russo. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Uh, yeah, thanks. I saw Ross on here and was compelled to see what he had to say. And I, since he shouted me out, I, I guess I felt compelled to <laughs> to, to come on and uh, and talk to you guys tonight. I hope uh, hope you're all doing well. It, it's a bit of a sad day. Um, but, um, you know, I think we uh, a lot of us like Ross and I, uh, sort of rode our way through it, right? We, like, we worked our way through a sad day in college football. You know, on a positive, just sort of to kind of, because we, we want to celebrate, obviously, Coach Leach as much as, as more than his passing. What was your first interaction with Coach? You know, I, I got to know him when he first uh, was out of coaching for a little bit after he got fired from Texas Tech and, and he, he wrote a book and he was sort of doing a little tour for it. Um, he came into New York and I remember meeting him somewhere in Midtown for lunch. And, you know, I think like a lot of people, it's a similar story, right? You meet him and you think oh, this is going to be a lot about talking about him and me asking the questions because that's the way this relationship usually works between reporter and people we cover. And instead, it was a lot of him asking about me. Um, where'd you go to school? Why'd you take up journalism? Where'd you grow up? Oh, you're a New Yorker. Oh, you live in Brooklyn. You know, it just, it just constantly, he just wanted he really was interested in people. I, I think, uh, you know, I tweeted this earlier today. He was very, he was an interesting person. Like you could dive into a lot of different aspects of his personality and he was interested in people. And I think if, you know, he was far from a perfect person, he had his flaws, but like those are two things that I think we could all like sort of aspire to be, be an interesting person and be interested in other people. And that was, you know, my first interaction with him. And other than the fact that for years he thought I worked for the New York times, like we, we, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't super close to him. Um, but like a lot of reporters, every time you'd see him, you'd catch up, you tweet, you know, I would text him every once in a while, call him every once in a while. Um, again, you know, he had, he had a similar relationship with, with a lot of reporters and in, you know, in some ways I almost felt like I, I lost track of him a little bit. But I did go to see him in the spring, and now I'm, I'm kind of happy that I did. Um, during the, this last spring, I did a little bit of a tour of SEC schools, stopped in Starkville, uh, hung around with him, talked more football with him than I think I had ever talked before because I was working on a story about the air raid. And, um, you know, spent like half an hour with him just, you know, sort of bullshitting like, and having a good time. And, and then he sent me off with a uh, – a, a styrofoam container full of barbecue because I had to go back to Jackson to catch a plane in the morning. I think one of the other things that I've always loved about Mike Leach, and I don't know who originally said this, so <laughs> don't kill the messenger on this one, but the one thing that I've loved, in at least in this sentiment, is that he was a man who craved, connect, craved connection and he always sought to be connected to other people, and that's what made him such an incredible coach. And from every single story that you've heard from every single reporter, every single person who was around him, it did not matter who you were as a person. Mike Leach loved other people and connecting to other people by just talking with them, learning about them. And it seems like it definitely had that same connection with you as well. Yeah. I, again, it's just, you know, I, I think of something that, um, uh, how mummy quoted him in a story today. My colleague actually was the one who was, he did the interview. We had a couple of reporters working on it today and, you know, he, he mentioned how, um, 
conversations with Leech could be like a balloon in the wind, <laughs> like just sort of drifting here and there. But as a coach, and when he was studying something or working on something, he had an incredible focus and he could break things down into very, you know, compartmentalized and was able to get his players to focus. Uh, which again, like if you know Leach, you find yourself thinking like, you know, like this guy is all over the place, right? He is just a tangent on top of a tangent, but in coaching settings, he was much, he could be very focused and, and, and get his players to focus. And that was sort of his, his genius. Absolutely. And I think one other thing that is so important about Mike Leach's legacy is a story that you even wrote about him earlier today about the incredible coaching tree that he leaves behind. I mean, guys like Lincoln Riley, all the way down to yourself, Latrells, to your Wes Welkers in the NFL. I mean, if you start looking at this tree, it is one of the largest trees in college football history. What's the impact that Mike Leach leaves with this coaching tree? Yeah, I mean, think of Sonny Dykes, Lincoln Riley, Danner Holgerson, um, Sonny Cumbie at Louisiana Tech, Neil Brown at West Virginia. And what was interesting happened today uh, Eric Morris, who played wide receiver for Leach at Texas Tech and coached for him a little bit at Washington State and was now currently the Washington State offensive coordinator after a little stint at Incarnate Word, um, got the North Texas job. So on the day Mike Leach died, another one of his guys became a head a head football coach and and that you know i I imagine that it was it was quite an odd day for eric you know sort of an emotional day you have this amazing you know accomplishment in your life on on a day you lose somebody who was close to you i remember talking to eric about this air raid story i did early in the year and he would talk about how you know at some point we had so few plays you'd almost get boring bored running the same route every every time like over and over and over the same play over and over and over in practice and we would occasionally suggest to him like hey maybe we can do this or maybe we can do that and leach would just kind of look at them like who's the coach here <laughs> like we're gonna do things my way um so uh, yeah a- another addition to that tree so here's the one thing i, w- I just want to end on if, if you don't mind so again like leach definitely not a perfect person he could be really stubborn he could be pretty tough on his players he could butt heads with media he he didn't necessarily love to be questioned in 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 certain situations uh but again none of us are perfect but somebody who worked for him a guy named dave emmerich worked for him for a long time he was like chief of staff both at or at all of texas tech washington state and at Mississippi State, but he recently switched, finally moved away from working with Leach and, and went to work uh, for Lincoln Riley at USC. So Dave's been with um, Leach for a real long time. And I'm going to send you a text message. I'm going to read. I'll, I'll try to read all, or all of it. It's, it's a little lengthy, but I, I feel like it's worthwhile because I think he he gave me a li- gave people a little a glimpse of like the Mike Leach that the cameras didn't catch. So if you bear with me, uh, I think the biggest thing, this is from Dave Emmerich, uh, I think the biggest thing that I want people to know is how much he cared. If he learned of anyone down on their luck or having a hard time in life, he would call and check in with them. He would send videos for people who were sick and needing a little pick-me-up. He would send gear and autographs to kids that just had lost one of their parents or had a tough illness they were going through. He would invite people to practice that needed a pick-me-up in life. He would spend time with people and show a genuine interest in their lives. He gave tickets to people going through hard times. He really went out of his way to touch people that didn't have a lot of good going on in their lives. Coach had a reputation for being uh, of being a hard ass, but he cared about so many people and gave them something to look forward to. He was a good man. So I just want to share that again. Everybody's got imperfections in life. I'm not saying Mike Leach was a perfect person, but uh, he had a, a lot of different facets of his personality. Absolutely. Ralph, thank you so much for sharing that text message and a couple of stories about 
the pirate himself. We're looking forward to reading more stories as we continue to remember and celebrate the life of Mike Leach and the impact that he's had on this sport. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Let's see here. FL Gator 51, what's going on? I mean, if you want to talk about America's coach, I mean, Coach Leach just embodies everything that you would think to to, to just be American. I mean, he's American's college football coach. Yeah, he absolutely embodied so much of being independent, being willing to to speak his mind and at the same time never really uh, to stand up for himself and, and has these wonderful anecdotes. I mean, hearing from, uh, I think it was Nate earlier about that wonderful moment, you know, with the omelet <laughs> and hearing the things that both Ross and Ralph shared here, it's just been, it's been striking. And so that, that balance between being such a person who obviously developed and, and is focused and, and really grew football in, it took football in a direction that a lot of us, you know, take for granted now, as well as building that foundation, that coaching tree. And just being genuinely interesting, being a man of all trades, a jack of all trades, a man, a man of the world. I mean, he really should have been the they, they if they kept that one old beer campaign going. He was the most interesting man in the world in so many ways. Definitely sad day. Sad day, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us your thoughts. We have a lot of people. Wow. Let's see here. Hop, we're going to give you another try. Let's see if we got this one. Hop, we got you up here. Oh man. <laughs> just a bad, bad luck right now with you, Hob. We promise we'll get you up here. Let's see here. Oh my goodness, we got the mic monster today, JD. Looks like we've got a bit listen, of listen. Uh... Listen, if it's the mic monster, if it's Elon's newest product rolling out, I don't know what it is. Uh, but listen, as we still try to connect uh, all of y'all up on here, we want to hear from as many people as we can. Uh, one of the other things that I do want to at least comment on is, you know, we always talk about you know, the great coaching trees and some of the incredible coaching staffs that some people have put out before. I mean, I think one of the most iconic ones has to be Hayden Fry's like 1983 Iowa team where he's got like Bob Stoops and Bill Snyder and all these other giants on his assistant coaching staff. I just want to run down really quickly uh, the incredible team that Mike Leach had together on the 2002 Texas Tech are we Red all in? I think as players, you've got future quarterback, or not just future quarterback, but future head coach of Oklahoma and USC, Lincoln Riley. You have future Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You have future NFL assistant Wes Welker uh, on there. You have future Louisiana Tech head coach Sonny Dykes on the scout team. You have on the assistant roster future Cal and TCU and SMU head coach Sonny Dykes as your wide receivers coach. You have future oh. Baylor and Houston head coach Art Bryles. You have so many different guys who are involved in this. I mean, Greg McIntyre, future Hawaii head coach, is the defensive coordinator. Dave Aranda, head coach at Baylor, uh, who just won the uh, Big 12 championship last year, was a GA on this team. I, this is going to be one of those teams that when you start to look back, and go, this was the cradle of an absurd amount of coaching talent. That 2002 Texas Tech Red Raiders team is going to go down as history. One of the greatest ones in this century. Absolutely. Hey, Hob, it looks like we got you up here. Uh, What's going on? Can you hear me, guys? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I knew patience would Thank work. You. I'm so sorry for the connection issues. Don't, my, don't worry. We've, we've run into it. We've run into it even with our co-host. Uh, Sirius is probably the most notorious where he'll just we'll be halfway through the show. And he's like, I'm still trying to connect, guys. You know, so don't worry about it. It happens. We totally well, get it. Well, um, first and foremost, I appreciate you all. Let me speak. Um, secondly, I want to express my condolences to Coach Leach, his family, his former teammates. Or, I'm sorry, uh, players, current players. Um, and all of his former coaches and current coaches as well. Growing up from afar as a West Virginia fan, Mike Leach has always been my all-time favorite coach, and not just college sports, but like in general. I don't think you'll ever find a more unique character when it comes to coaching than Mike Leach himself. But much like everyone else alluded to this evening, is that like he was 1,010% real about everything he said. Like 
He's genuinely a rare coach that, sure, he might come off as a hard ass, but like he'll sit there and talk to you one minute about the intricacies of the air raid offense and then sit there and turn around and talk to you about like, you know, Atlantis or something like that. And I just think you don't find that much, much less in college or much less in professional sports, but any sports in general. And I just, I'm going to miss Mike Leach. He was always a great soundbite. Um, my favorite memory of Mike Leach is obviously um, the first time I became really, really uh, popular with him and knew who he was, was after Texas Tech knocked off Texas in 2008. And that was nuts. I remember watching it live. I knew who Mike Leach was, but I didn't really understand who he was. I, I know he kind of got screwed at Texas Tech, and I was, I was in high school when that happened. And then he did what he did at Washington State. And then I remember a few years ago, the SEC came calling, and, and you had some haters, but I was very happy for him. I wanted him to go be successful in the SEC, and he made Mississippi State somewhat relevant. I mean, they were making bowl games and winning games, so which, all this whole, like, his air raid can't compete in the SEC, it sure did. So, you know, rest in peace, Coach Leach. Leach, one of the greatest men on the planet, but also just one of the greatest coaches and most real people that I think you'll ever experience in sports. And I'm going to miss him. Everyone else is going to miss him. God bless Coach Lease and, and his family. Uh, God bless Mississippi State Bulldogs, Texas Tech fans, Washington State fans, all y'all. And God bless everyone that really liked Coach Leach like I did. So thank you. That was great, Hob. Thank you so much. And I think a lot of folks listening, a lot of the folks we've had on earlier, share a lot of your sentiments. And he was a force. He was a delight. He definitely was always interesting and always he what you saw was what you got there was no facade there he was absolutely absolutely authentic to who he was and i think that's part of what draw drew so many people to him not only you know fans but players and people who wanted to play for him also one last antidote i'd like to point out because i'm not going to say it but my favorite speech he ever did or whatever is go i encourage everyone to go to youtube like one gentleman said we're going to talk about leech memories and Go to the 2009 post-Baylor game. Um, I think they won that game, too, but it was the year after they went 10-2. and two. I've never seen a coach just absolutely take a mask on his team that actually probably deserved it like that. But, yeah, there was a lot of cuss words, but it actually wasn't that disrespectful. But in the words of the late, great Coach Leach, all poo-poo, effing Baylor, F you and F me and F everybody. Rest in peace. <laughs> thanks again hob it was great hearing from you let's see here andrew you've been really patient what's up we'd love to hear from you hey guys how's, how's it going pretty good excellent all right so uh sort of a couple points that that i wanted to touch on um you know first of all uh i'll mention um you know i'm, I'm a younger guy um so I, I haven't had the opportunity to sort of watch uh, a lot of coach leach um on the field <clears throat> a lot of my experience uh or, you know, a lot of my knowledge of him truly comes from the clips on YouTube, um, sort of those funniest moments. Um, and it's been really touching for me in the last couple of days to sort of get the, get to know the, the more serious side of him. Uh, and that, that's been really fantastic. And, well, it, it's made me appreciate uh, sort of what we had while we had it a lot more. Um, <clears throat> on, on sort of a, a different note, um, I'm uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm a guy uh, originally from Omaha, Nebraska, uh, studying up at Syracuse right now. And uh, boy, it has been a tough time to, uh, to, to be supporting both of those programs. Um, we've had our defensive coordinator uh, at Syracuse, Tony White, left for Nebraska. Uh, we've had you know, Nicole Crawford, who was one of Nebraska's top recruits, um, obviously hit the transfer portal. Syracuse gave him an offer. Just today, we had uh, Deuce Chestnut, one of our better cornerbacks, probably future NFL talent. Uh, he hit the portal as well. It's sort of expected he's going to be headed to Nebraska. And uh, and now we just had one more guy, I think one of the Nebraska defensive backs, just committed to Syracuse. So what am I supposed to do here? You know, like, am I supposed to be cheering for both of them at the same time? It's really difficult. Um, I don't know if I should uh, – well, you know, find a find a third team that maybe I should be rooting for at this point. But I feel like uh, my teams are just cannibalizing each other here, guys. When in doubt in college football, cheer for chaos. 
because that's the only guaranteed product in this sport. And when you go in expecting chaos, whether your teams are cannibalizing each other or not, if you can go in and go, you know what, this is a sport of 18 to 22 year olds trying to just push a leather ball down the field. And I'm here to enjoy every single moment of chaos that happens from that. You will enjoy your watching experience no matter who you're cheering for. So that would be my strongest piece of advice there more than anything else. Does not matter which team you are cheering for that is cannibalizing the other. Cheer for chaos and enjoy the chaos that you'll be watching in front of you. No doubt. No doubt. If nothing else, uh, I shouldn't have to learn too many new names. So that's something. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. That was great. Looks Thanks. like we're, we're going to slowly start closing up, but we want to give we have one more person up here. 8675309. What's going on? <clears throat> oh, not much. Just want to talk about Leach a little more. I mean, absolutely. I, I was in Lubbock in the early 2000s, and you had him coming in in 2000. Uh, after Spike Dykes, who Spike was a longtime, you know, tech football coach. He was kind of the country club guy, played golf at the Boosters. He was, you know, around town. His family was there in town, so everybody knew him. And, of course, Rick and uh, Sonny were, were coaching uh, with him. And, and then Leach came in, and Leach was just totally different, right? I mean, the, the administration hired him for, his, for the football coach that they thought he could be, but he had no interest in going to the country club or hanging out with Boosters or – you know, doing the things that you would typically expect a college football coach to do on the weekends or in the off season. And it was just a, a really interesting time. And then I guess a couple of years after that, we hired Bob, uh, Bob Knight and you had Bob Knight getting in, in salad bar fights with the chancellor at the local grocery store and just, you know, all this stuff going on. It's just a really interesting and, uh, you know, dynamic time to be in Lubbock there, uh, watching those two, uh, lead those respective programs. So he, he's going to be incredibly missed just an incredible offensive offensive mind. I've seen a lot of stuff on this college football hall of fame thing that he's like three games short of, of being uh, eligible for, for admission there. So hopefully there's something that can be done on that end. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, I'll, I'll miss watching his teams play on Saturdays for sure. That's definitely something, especially regarding the Hall of Fame, I know J.D. has felt strongly about as well. Early on when we began the show, that was his initial strong comment, and I know I'm speaking for you, J.D., right there. <laughs> One thing, I, I forgot, I always forget that Bob Knight was there as well, like two strong personalities at Texas Tech at the same time, leading the two basketball and college football, so... That was a very interesting time there. And yeah, absolutely. Two people who are so different. And it, it, I never even thought about that transition from Coach Dykes to, to Leach and how different that must have been because he went, they, you're absolutely right. I mean, that you couldn't get two more different personalities there. Yeah, yeah, pretty different. And y'all were right on that 2002 team. That was pretty incredible uh, coaching uh, staff that they had there. Just a, a, a great start to that coaching tree you hear so much about from, from Leach. Absolutely. No kidding that, you know, again, as we wrap this up, there's only going to be a one of one for Mike Leach. We're not going to have another Mike Leach coming into college football. We're not going to have another character who is going to revolutionize the game in the way that he did with the characteristics that he had. And, you know, as much as Ralph said, and I firmly agree that, you know, Mike Leach was by no means a perfect man. He had plenty of warts and flaws, but for a man to touch this sport that we love at this incredible massive scale, it is exceptional to see the kind of legacy and impact that he's going to leave behind after passing away at age 61. And I would hope that, you know, myself, Bobak, everybody else on this call, that we just have an opportunity to give a fraction of, to the people around us that Mike Leach gave to all of us as fans of this sport. Uh, so as a call to action for all of y'all, you know, <laughs> take in the words that Ross and Ralph both said tonight of be interesting, be interested in other people, connect with others and find ways to make sure that you have good conversations with everybody that you get to interact with, because that's always going to be the way that you're going to be remembered best for a legacy no matter what happens in whatever faction of life that you are in. If you are interesting and are interested in others, good things will happen to you. And for a man like Mike Gleach to leave this plane, I hope that's a lesson that all of us learn from him. And, you know, the Pirate 
now gets to watch those games in the coaching box in the sky, but he will be dearly missed on this plane. He will be dearly missed on the gridiron. And more than anything else, we will miss his anecdotes and his interest in other people. Hey, I got one more thing to ask. I don't know if y'all have time, but on the, the Mississippi State, I've seen that they've started using the Jolly Roger on some of their logoing. Is that something they introduced when they hired Leach? I yeah. would yeah, yeah, as Shaw just said, that that's something that you, you get that when you bring in Leach. That's definitely part of of what makes him such a such a charmer, <laughs> which started back when it was Swinger's Sword, uh, when he wrote the book and, and, and kind of leaned into that quite a bit. Well, J.D. put it really well. I don't think I have much more I can add to that other than as someone who has also lost someone very close to me. From what a, from a heart issue, and I know we don't specifically have exactly what happened to Coach Leach, but I just encourage all of you to be sure to to check yourself regularly, um, especially as you get a little older, like myself, I'm in my 40s. You know, get, go to your regular checkups, make sure you're doing what you can to keep yourself as healthy as you can. But sometimes it just happens, and I'm I'm not going to say it's perfect, but I just wish you all good life, long life, uh, uh, all of you out there, and and again, our sympathies to Coach Leach's family and all of those he's touched, which is is just an enormous number of people. And as we wrap up, I just wanted to thank all of you for listening, all of you who joined us to add to the conversation. Um, it was wonderful to also hear from uh, Ross Dellinger from SI and, and Ralph Russo from the AP. It's been a, a tough day for a lot of people, but let's remember and celebrate his life as a coach, as a developer of young men and other coaches and moving this sport into an interesting era of offense. So on behalf of myself, Bob Kairi, on behalf of my co-host, JD, thanks again for joining us. Now I'm a hang up and listen. <laughs>